This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. Are you thinking about joining the value investor bandwagon in 2023? Well, after 2022, you might want to. That is if you think value stocks are going to continue to outperform here, let's call it outperforming in 2023. There are a lot of cheap stocks out there, but some may be value traps. And remember, value traps are those stocks that may appear cheap. You know, they may have low PEs or price to sales ratios, but the earnings may be on the decline for 2023. However, the earnings decline part of it is problematic for 2023 because many companies are likely to see year over year earnings declines. The economy is slowing. And some companies are cutting guidance already. The S&P 500 is currently only expected to have 2023 earnings growth of 2.8%. That's in the Zach's current data as of the middle of of, uh, December 2022. But those earnings estimates have been on the decline since April. That's when the Earnings estimates for 2023 peaked, and then the analysts have been lowering ever since. And rightly so, as the companies themselves have come out and said, hey, things aren't going to be quite as good as we think going forward. And with the economy slowing and the possibility of a recession next year, companies are getting cautious and the analysts are getting cautious too in cutting some of those earnings estimates. But as I said, right now, Zach still has earnings growth of 2.8%. It's better than nothing. It's better than a decline. But I do caution that, again, it has been on the decline for months now, and it's likely in the first quarter. So we could see that number go into the negative for the year. So what's a value investor to do in 2023? You're going to have to dig deeper to find those that are not the traps. So a basic value screen based on something like a PE or a price to sales ratio may not tell you the whole story, obviously, because you make it the cheap stock, but then you go in there and you're like, eh, earnings are expected to decline, you know, 20 or 30% next year. Well, that's not good. How cheap is it then if the earnings are declining that much? It is the value trap scenario. So I tell you to think about what industries may still see rising earnings estimates in 2023. I know it's difficult to like wrap your head around considering all the doom and gloom that's kind of out there, the warnings we've heard, um, you know, some of the guidance cuts already, and to think like who could actually see earnings growth next year. Well, I have a couple ideas off the top of my head. So I didn't actually run any screens for this week's podcast because I've just kind of been running across some stocks and in certain industries that I was surprised like, wow, like they are, they're expected to grow earnings next year. Go figure. Um, again, that could change as the year, you know, starts and progresses those, uh, you know, Whatever's happening in the underlying business may change and could change dramatically. But for right now, at the end of the year, some of these companies are still expected to have nice earnings growth for next year. But what are they in? So uh, we really are going into the out of favor categories here because 
Uh, some of these are not going to be in uh, the the basic areas you might think like, oh, the, these are where it might be cheap, like home builders, um, some retail, you know, but some of those are areas that will likely be impacted in 2023, especially if there's recession. So we want to stay away from those. Nothing is recession proof, however, no industry, but some will be impacted more than others. So let's just dive into a couple of different um, industries where I knew that something good might be going on in 2023. So the first one has to be my favorite and the best performing industry of 2022 and 2021. Yes, of course, energy, but it's not going to be in the same areas of energy as it was for 2021 and 2022. So those years, I emphasize buying the exploration and production companies, the producers, the E and P's as they're called. Those are uh, the, the ones out there drilling for oil, basically. They are the pioneers, the EOG resources. We know them all, we've talked about them. This coming year, you should be looking outside of that into the oil field services area. And why is that? Because oil field services are the guys that help all the people drilling, <laughs> drilling and uh, you know moving that natural gas around, all of the things in the service side. It may even be that they own boats or helicopters and they they take employees and supplies out to the offshore, um, oil rigs out there. That's also oil services. Uh, this is an area where when oil first enters into a bull cycle, they're conservative. The drillers, you know, they're just kind of doing their thing with what's already out there. But as they make more money, as the cash flows get better, they want to drill more because they make more money. So they start investing. They invest in putting in more rigs. They need to hire more people. They do all these things to grow the business, but that means they got to call in the oil field services guys. And so we start to see the earnings rise on the oil field services when all the oil companies start making these investments. And that's where we are going into 2023. The earnings estimates have turned around already starting in 2022 with oil field services, but they're really expected to jump quite strongly again next year. All the producers have cash on hand and they are going to be willing to start spending it. So one of the stocks on the list of Zax.com oil field services group, that includes some of the big names like Halliburton, Schlumberger, you know those ones. I chose a smaller one because it's cheaper and people are not paying attention to it. So it's called Next Tier Oil Field Solutions, ticker NEX. I might have talked about it on one of the energy podcasts here. It came up in one of the screens probably because it is a Zacks number two still right now. That is a buy stock rank. It has a P of just seven, so that is cheap. Earnings this year, 2022, up 227%, but then 2023, up another 56%. So can't go wrong with that, even if it cools off a bit. It's still looking pretty good for 2023. Has a market cap of just 2.4 billion. So this is on the smaller side, does not pay a dividend. 
I did not look to see if maybe it's doing a share buyback or you know if cash flows get good, it may do a variable dividend. I don't know. So that's something to look into. But they actually lost money in 2021 because that's when the producers were not investing. They were coming out of the terrible conditions in 2020. And so the oil field services companies are kind of delayed in their growth trajectory. But now here it is, it's starting to hit. Now year to date, these shares have soared. They're up 174%. So you might be like, eh, it's too late. But the shares literally went from like $3 up to almost $10 here this year. And again, they're still cheap and you got the earnings growth for next year. Next year, actually, on their website says they do well completions. They're a well completions company on U.S. land, so that tells you they're not not outside the U.S. and they're not um, in the offshore there. So, uh, just keeping it basic, oil field solutions. That's where some earnings growth can be found for next year. Next year ticker NEX. Then I looked at solar. We've talked about the solar companies um, not too long ago on this podcast because they're back in favor now too, at least in terms of the rank and cheapness. But they are still mostly being ignored by the Wall Street because they've been in a bear market so long, nobody trusts them, right? So the company I looked at, Jinko Solar, JKS is the ticker. There's X number one, strong buy right now. So something good is going on with their earnings estimates. PE of just 13.2, so pretty cheap still. Year to date, up 8%. That is better than the S&P 500, which is down about 15%. But you would think, hey, this might be soaring or doing something if the outlook is good. But nobody trusts it, so up only 8%. 2022, earnings expected to be up 115%. That's this year. Next year, another 68%. And looking at the three-year stack, 2021, they made $1.70. 2022, $3.67 is what's expected. 2023, $6.18. So something good is going on with these solar guys, right? Um, that's three years of very nice earnings growth. And again, still cheap. That's Jinko Solar, ticker JKS. Then I did look at the lithium stocks. We've talked about those because lithium price has tripled. What is happening with those earnings? Is it still looking good for next year? Because this year has been phenomenal. And the analysts think, yes, it will be good again next year. So the one I picked, Albemarle, ticker ALB is the ticker. A as in Adam, L as in Larry, B as in boy. PE is just 12.5. Market cap of 29 billion. They are in the United States. Um, dividend, they do pay one. It's yielding 0.6%. So it's not great yet, but their cash flows are improving. 2022 earnings, this is when we knew it was going to be good, up 420%, right? Because the lithium has tripled and they've renegotiated their older contracts. 2023, though, still up another 34%. What does that look like over the three year stack? 2021, uh, they made $4.04. .04. 2022, $21.02 .02 is what's expected. 2023, 28.21. So I'm liking that. 
even if it doesn't hold all together. I owned Albemarle in the insider trader portfolio. We bought much earlier in the year when some insiders did buy in there, knowing that it was looking good, right? Going in. Um, the stock has been real volatile all year long. It's had big ups and then it's come down. It kind of moves around with the energy trade, uh, with the price of crude for some reason. So year to date, these shares are up, but just 7.4% right now. But again, the S&P 500 is down around 15%. So still outperforming and it's still in the green in a year when a lot of stocks are not. But I love that earnings growth that's continuing for next year. Um, We've sold some of our position in Albemarle across the year because it has been volatile, but we are still holding it. And this is a long hold for my insider trader portfolio. We normally don't hold much more than six months. So we've been in it longer than that now. So that's Albemarle, ticker ALB. Then I thought, where else are the earnings? Increasing, um, you know. Obviously, again, there's some retail that it still looks okay going into 2023. But if that recession hits, that's not going to be okay. You could say the same thing about some of the travel names, even the hotels, um, the airlines, you know, the online booking companies like Booking.com and Expedia. But again, if a recession hits, these are the first things to go. Um, you know, you don't take that vacation. You decide to do the staycation again and stick around near closer to home. So I could only go back to one industry where I know next year is looking good almost across the board. What one is that? It is, I believe, the most hated industry. It's it's replaced energy and it's even more hated than solar. And it is the banks. Yes, the banks are on here because the earnings estimates are still looking good for next year because the Fed is still raising. They just raised 50 basis points again here in December. And the uh, FOMC members are even more um, you know, hawkish on next year, it appears. They're looking for much higher in the Fed funds rate than anyone thought. And so that is good news for some of the banks where the net interest margin will boost their earnings. So which ones did I pick? There's endless number of banks, right? And not all of them are going to benefit the same way from the the NIM rising. Some will are are going to get hurt harder if there's a recession, depending on what their business model is, who they're lending to, what industries they're lending to. Some will do okay um, because they'll have you know, IPOs or other things that may pick up as the year goes on. Uh, some do the commodities trading, you know, it's across the board. So know what your bank does. That's the number one thing. So I picked a, a kind of smaller regional bank and then one of the big banks because I wanted to give a little bit difference in what is going on with both of them. So the regional bank I picked was Wintrust. I think we've talked about this one before, ticker WTFC. Uh, WTFC is the ticker, they're in Chicago. They're one of the bigger regional banks in Chicago. They have a market cap of 5.1 billion though, so that's not really that big. But uh, that's a you know mid cap type company. Dividend is yielding 1.6, so not that great on the dividend compared to some other banks. Um, 
PE 9.9, but as we know with the banks, PE is not everything. So I looked at the price to book, it's at 1.2. And remember the bank analysts say, buy a bank at one with the price to book of one and sell it at two. So we are on the lower end. So we are apparently getting it cheaply here. Wintrust is a number two, so it is a buy. And 2022, the earnings are expected to be up 11.2%. 2023, though, up 26% next year as these rate increases really start to kick in and the banks are able to really see the benefit. It is a delayed benefit. It takes you know several months for these to work its way into the net interest margin. But when it does, you get that 26% increase. So Wintrust is like one of the you know regional banks. The shares are down this year, down 8%. A lot of the banks are down, but that just makes them cheaper. So I still like the banks for next year. And they are one of the few groups that does have some rising earnings expected for next year. So that's Wintrust WTFC. The second bank, one of the big banks is Wells Fargo. The one that's been out of favor the most, it is actually a number three hold right here, ticker WFC. And some of the estimates are being cut already, like still for 2022, for this year. And that's because they're big in the home mortgage area. They have been laying off employees who do home mortgages because that market has just totally been, you know, has frozen up. Nobody's refinancing with these high rates and fewer people are buying new homes. So the applications are way down and they have been laying off. So some of the earnings are coming down for 2022. So earnings expected to fall 23.8% this year. And to tell you what that means, it, analysts are now looking for 377 versus 495 last year. But the once that's done, hopefully the housing market will improve as next year goes on. Like maybe this is the worst of it. The highest of the mortgage rates might be in, fingers crossed, perhaps. And then, you know, it will benefit from some of the other things that are going on with the Fed increasing. So next year, up 34% to $5.05. And the estimates are actually being raised for next year. So cut for this year, raised for next year. So all is not lost. It's not a value trap. It's going the opposite way, right? So that's okay. And what does the valuation look like? PE of 11. Uh, price to book is at 1.03. So basically at one. So remember, buy at one, sell at two. So that's what we would be doing here. Wells Fargo is one of the big banks, market cap of 163 billion. It does pay the dividend yielding 2.8%. So that's not too bad. Year to date, these shares are down 10.6%. So getting it a little bit cheaper here. And if it falls further, I'd be even more interested in the banks. But it has been a hard trade in 2022. I thought it would do better this year. It hasn't, but that means it's a buying opportunity in the banks if you're already in them to add to your positions. If you're not in them, to take a look around. And as I've always said, there are hundreds, thousands of banks out there. And um, you know, it really helps to know what banks are in your area. What, what bank do you even know? What does that bank do? As I mentioned earlier, <laughs> you have to know what areas they're lending in because not all banks are the same. And um, you know, 
do a lot of investigation on like what is happening with the banks and the small banks are lightly covered by the analysts, but some are covered. So try to you know snoop around, use Google as your friend and see if any analysts are putting out any kind of notes or reports or anything on some of these banks. I've seen some articles where the analysts have been quoted talking about which banks will have the best earnings pop from the net interest margin. So lists like that are good to check out. So if you can find them, make sure you're digging into that research as well on the banks. Also, these aren't the only areas where there might be some earnings growth for next year. I took a look a little bit around big pharma because that's been hot this year. And um, you know, the, the growth was there for this year with a lot of big pharma, but not so much at least on a couple of the names I looked at for next year. So be a little cautious maybe in big pharma if you're new to it. I'm not saying don't own it. I own some big pharma myself, but um, they have had a nice run here. So you might be able to get them cheaper. I took a look at Pfizer. It's one of the cheaper ones. It's trading at eight times. Uh, Earnings expected to be down about 25% in 2023. So this is what their earnings looks like. It was 442 in 2021, 646 here in 2022, a huge jump, but back down to 486 in 2023. So they're not holding on to those gains, and that's a little bit uh, dicey for me. I also looked at Merck, it's hitting new highs. It's now trading at 15 times, it used to be much cheaper. Its earnings outlook looks a little better than Pfizer does, but it's still expected to be down about 0.6%. So flat to down a little bit. So what does that look like? So they made 602 in 2021, expected to make 738 in 2022, up 22%. But next year, only at 734. So a decline of four cents, and that will change obviously as the year goes on. So you're gonna have to tune in there. But a little bit of value trappiness there in big pharma. If you're really looking to go in on something that has the strong earnings growth expected for now in December 2022, this area is not the one that's showing like the biggest gains. Also, I encourage everybody to look beyond tech. There may be some growth in tech, but I'm worried still about valuations in tech. There's some cheap tech, but there's a lot that isn't really that cheap. It just feels cheap to us, right? So some that were trading at 40 or 50 times earnings, they're now down to say 20 or maybe 25 times. And you think, wow, that's real cheap now. But it really isn't, it's still above the average of the S&P 500. And I like to be greedy when I'm buying the cheap stocks and when I'm buying value. So I'd like to get it even cheaper than that. So I would put it on my watch list on some of these types of companies and wait around and see if there's another sell off in 2023, if I can get it cheaper, then that growth might be interesting. But make sure it's not a value trap and that that earnings growth isn't on the decline next year. There are some tech companies where it is looking for now pretty decent, but you're really gonna have to dig around. And I like tech, I like being diverse, um, but if you're looking for new value stocks in 2023 with that earnings growth, 
then um, tech is going to be, you know, a lot more difficult, at least for now. Things could change in, you know, the next couple of months. So we'll be tuning back in here on the podcast to see because I would love to get some tech on the cheap, wouldn't we all? Yes, we would. So uh, keep that in mind on any industry that you're looking at. Keep the watch list. Nothing wrong with that. You don't have to dive in immediately. That's the good thing about being a value investor. You can be patient. And there are as I just mentioned here, a bunch of other stocks right now that are already values and that for now have this earnings growth. So you can go check out those while you're waiting a little bit more for some of these others to come into your valuation. You don't have to chase them here. There's plenty of value stocks out there. Find the best quality and find some that will or hopefully will thrive in 2023's environment, which is looking like it could be a little bit challenging as well, like this year. So keep that in mind. But let me recap the stocks I talked about on this episode so you can go check them out. So there was next here, Oilfield Solutions, ticker NEX. There was Jinko Solar. So that's kind of fun. I have both the oil side and the solar side on the cheap. So Jinko is JKS. Then we have Lithium, also another kind of interesting play because that is in the electric vehicle batteries. Ticker ALB for Albemarle. Then we moved over to the banks because, yes, even though we all um, aren't exactly thrilled that the banks are you know, continuing to show up on the Value Investor Podcast. Eventually, they will have their day in the sun. And the ones on the show were Wintrust, ticker WTFC, and Wells Fargo, ticker WFC. And then I just mentioned quickly Pfizer, PFE, and Merck, MRK. And out of this list, I don't own any in my own personal portfolio. But I do own, as I mentioned, Albemarle in the insider trader because some insiders did think, wow, we're really growing our earnings this year. It's kind of crazy. And they wanted to buy more shares. So who can blame them, right? And it's got big earnings growth expected for next year again. But will they do it? Will that hold? I don't know. But I'm sticking around in it in the insider trader to see if that is the case. But as always, I'm bringing you value stocks every week here on the Value Investor Podcast. But this is our last podcast of 2022. And we're going to take a little bit of break during the holiday season before launching again with the fresh shows in 2023. And you know what that means. The first show always is the classic value stocks. I'm going to look at what happened to last year's list that we talked about on the opening episode. And I'm going to give you what's on this year's list. I feel like it's going to be quite intriguing as we start the new year. So you want to be sure to subscribe, get us on Apple Podcasts, get us on um, everywhere, Spotify, Amazon Music. You can get us on Zax.com. We have a podcast page. Click on the link. You can get us there. You can get us on my Twitter feed. I always tweet out the episodes, but be sure to get us somewhere. And since I won't talk to you, have a great holiday season. Happy New Year, everyone. And I'll see you in 2023.
This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.